for good. She's on top of it. Oh, give thanks. Well, mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord of God, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for his mercy endureth forever. That is Psalms 136, verses 1 through 3. Okay, you may be seated. Last week, just to recap really fast, we discussed what giving thanks to the Lord does for our lives. We discussed what an attitude of gratitude does for our lives. We found out that gratitude is the quality of being thankful, that it's the readiness to show appreciation for and return to kindness. We discovered that for born-again Christians, gratitude is the pure, appropriate response to the saving and keeping grace of God. Its opposite is ingratitude, and it can be deceptively dangerous in our lives and relationships, the ingratitude part. Okay? Um, I was reading this morning. I'm one day ahead in my bread program, and I'm not reading the same way you guys are. I'm reading chronological. And I decided that I don't want to be like King Herod in Acts chapter 12 because he didn't glorify God. And the angel smote him. He got worms and he died. So that's what ingratitude is going to do for you, folks. So the next time you have a stomachache, you may want to ask yourself and check your gratitude level. I'm just saying it happened once and God doesn't change. So just saying, I'm just saying. So we also learned that, oh, we also learned that an attitude, you know, we found out that the attitude, normally it's a negative thing. We say, well, she's got an attitude about her. Well, an attitude isn't just a negative evil thing, you know. It can be a good thing, a mental position with regard to a face or state, a feeling or emotion toward a fact or a state. And we learn that your attitude is your choice. Your attitude is the one thing in life that you have control over. You can have a stinky attitude or you can have a sweet, pleasant attitude. You don't control what happens to you, but you do control your attitude about what happens. So you can have a neck-snapping attitude or you can have a good attitude. Okay, then we talked about why choose an attitude over ingratitude, choose a gratitude or an ingratitude, quite simply, because we are commanded to. Right. And we decided that that settled it. That was enough for us. And then we went and enjoyed Brother Richard's coffee. No, we didn't. Don't worry, Pastor. We didn't. Gratitude is a matter of obedience. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. That should be enough reason for us to be grateful and thankful for everything. I stub my toe and I should say, thank you, Jesus. I smashed my finger with a hammer yesterday. And I should have said, oh, thank you, Jesus, that I am so clumsy. I went, ow! And then I remembered I was supposed to be thankful. And I should have handed the hammer to my husband and not done it myself. But, you know, 
So, but because it's commanded, that should be enough. But because it never is, we talked about we should have an attitude of gratitude simply because God is worthy of it. And we are grateful when we realize who our God is and what he's done for us. Okay? So that's last week's 45 minutes in a nutshell. Are you all caught up? Pop quiz. No. Okay. So now let's go on. An attitude of gratitude. We also talked briefly last week about what kind of society we live in. What kind of society? Not in the church, of course. Of course not in the church. We're born-again Christians, right? We've all read the book, the book and the book. It's not about us. Right. So this week, we could go have coffee again, right? We don't need to talk about what does gratitude do for me. See? Really, because that's what motivates us. I mean, really, that's what motivates all of us. What's in it for me? That's what kind of people we are, because we're humans. We know that God wants us to do it because it pleases him. But what's in it for me? What do I get out of this, God? Well, that should be enough for it, because if I don't, then I'm not. But somehow that's not enough. Really, it's not. We live, we talked about it last week, we live in a narcissist society. Thankfully, as born-again Christians, we're not that way. But the good thing that gratitude does for me is it draws me closer to him. That's the best thing about me being thankful. When I am thankful to God... It draws me closer to him. I feel his presence more. God's command for me to be thankful is not like the demand of some ugly tyrant. You do this because I want you to. I want you to make me big. I want you to glorify me because it makes me big. It makes me look good. You tell everyone how wonderful I am because I need to be. No. He does it because he knows it's best for me. He knows it changes me and makes me a better person. He knows it's what's best for me. He wants me to be thankful because he loves me. He knows that when I'm thankful, it changes me to the better. Because when I'm unthankful, when I have a heart of ingratitude, I'm an ugly person. Nobody wants to be around an ungrateful brat. I want the purple one. I don't want that one. I want the big piece. She got more than me. It's too hot in here. It's too cold in here. It's too big. It's too short. It's too tall. I don't want to go. I don't want to stay. How long? We didn't stay long enough. We were there too long. Do we always have to go? We never get to go. 
Come on, we've all been around that person's kid that's like that. Mine weren't like that. Well, they tried it once. But anyway, just once. The next time they saw the eyebrow raise. My my children could see my eyebrows raise, hear it raise across a noisy room. All it took was the eyebrow to raise. They knew. They weren't perfect, but they could hear the eyebrow raise. They knew that meant dead meat when you get home. But an ungrateful person, so God knows that by me glorifying him and being thankful to him, it draws me closer to him, and then I become more like him. Loving, kind. So it's not like the king in the Old Testament that built the big statue and said, you will bow down to my statue. And when they didn't, they got thrown into the fiery furnace. It's not like that. It's not for his own glorification. It's for my betterment. It's the invitation of a lifetime. It's the opportunity for me to draw closer to him the answer to everything at every moment of every day. The problem comes. Thank you, Jesus. I know you have the answer to this. Poof, I'm there. When the day gets too much, thank you, Jesus. When the nighttime worries wake me up, thank you, Jesus. When the problems pile up one after another after another and I don't see how I'm possibly going to get it all done or get out of it, thank you, Jesus. I know you're going to carry it. And he takes it. Now, ladies, guys, plug your ears. Ladies, have you ever, ever given a guy the pickle jar and not seen him go to the ends of the earth to get that pickle jar open? The other day, please plug your ears, the two men that this involves. I had this very, not this one, the other mic, the very microphone. I could not get that thing open to change the batteries in it. I had two men in here. I thought that they were going to call for, I don't know, what tool and die company in here to get that thing open. Because they were challenged to meet the need of this poor, failing person that could not get it done. Now, if two human men are going to do that, what is God going to do when I say, I know you can handle this. It's too much for me, but I know you can do it. Now we're talking about God. Thank you, Jesus. I know you'll take care of this. That's all I said. Well, thanks, guys. I know you got it. I can't do it. Thanks, guys. I'm out of here. And they did. Now, if 
If humans will do that, what about our God? That's what praise does. It's for our betterment. It draws me closer to him. The giver, the answer to everything. Now, that can't be my motive. Pastor and I were talking about that yesterday. I can't give to get. I give just because he's worthy. We go back a couple slides. I give just because he's worthy. But it draws me closer to him. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. And you will feel his presence. And there's nothing sweeter. The scripture says that God inhabits the praises of his people. Psalms 22, verse 3. If you're feeling alone and you just want the assurance, praise him. Thank him. If you want to be where he is, you need to go to his address. 22-3 Praise Street. It's recurring throughout the Psalms. Psalms 100, verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. We sang that song last, last week. Enter his courts with praise. Psalms 95, 2. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving ushers us into the very presence of God. That's what this month is about. We talked about that last week, too. It's a month of thanksgiving. It should be a lifestyle. We should be thanksgivers every day. Seven times a day. Seven times a minute. The tabernacle in the Old Testament was a place, the place, God set apart to meet with his people. In front of the entrance of the holies of holies, the sacred seat of God's presence, of his great manifest presence, stood the altar of incense, where every morning and every evening the priest would offer up that sweet scent, representing the prayers and thanksgiving of God's people who sought to draw near to him. But only the priest could go there. But what happened? The the veil was rent. We have access to that. Do we take advantage of that? I pray that we do. When we enter his gates with thanksgiving, we're offering that sweet incense. They say that the surest way to get a child to do what you want them to do is to catch them being good. In other words, you praise them for what they're doing good, and they're going to stop doing what you really don't want them doing. Reverse psychology. You nag them when they don't make their bed, they will never make their bed. Why? Because you are paying attention to them when they're not making their bed. And they will never make their bed again. If they make their bed once, praise them until, oh, you did that so Perfect. I love how you made your bed today. Thank you so much for making. Did I tell you thanks for making your bed today, Vicki? Thank you so much. Did you know that there's a scripture for making your bed? Read Acts. You'll find it. I love it. I love it. I found that too. Oh, I was so excited. Every mother should count count cross-stitch it. Oh, I'm sorry. Vinyl cling it now. I'm so excited. I found it. Took me 62 and a half years to find a scripture to justify making your bed. But it's there. I found it. I'll give it to you later. Anyway, I was so excited. 
Phew, I'm going to teach it in my parenting classes now. Oh, I'm so excited. But anyway, Jesus inhabits our praises. He loves us to thank him. So when I thank him for it, what's he going to do? He's going to do it again, only bigger and better. I caught him being good. He's going to be gooder. Right? It worked with my daughter. Bet you it'll work with God, too. It's when we truly begin, it's through praise that I truly begin to see who he is. We magnify him with thanksgiving. Psalm 69, verse 30 says, Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. James 4 and 8. I do that through my praise. I do that through my thanksgiving. I don't do that through my whining. Oh, God, please. I don't like whiny babies. I keep them at arm's length. Maybe you like whiny babies. But I like contented little babies that I can just rock and cuddle and snuggle. Whiny babies, I'm like this. Would you please be quiet? So, anyway. Another thing that being grateful does, giving thanks, it gives me joy. A song that came to my heart when I worked on this lesson was this joy that I have. The world didn't give it to me. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. I like the old songs. They have some meaning to them. Some of the new ones do too. But the world didn't give it to me. And it doesn't matter what comes my way. Life is life. When it rains, I can be as Holy Ghost filled. It's good. I'm going to get wet. I'm going to get just as wet as the sinner on the street. If we're both out in the rain, we're both going to get wet. Yeah, know what I mean? Just as how it is. It's life. If I step in the mud puddle, my shoes are going to get dirty. Funny how that works. You know what I mean? My milk jug gets empty just like the next guy's. I have to go to the store and buy my milk. Now, there are times, I admit it, that you can have the milk jug and it just does not seem to run out. And that's a miracle of God. I understand that God works those miracles in the necessity of time. I'm not limiting our God. There are those times. As the norm. And I have heard the stories where the bullets are flying and the person is standing there and the bullets go around them. Those are the miracles of God. I am not saying it does not happen. I am saying that if God, if God had a purpose in me standing out in a rainstorm and you standing in the rainstorm and you getting drenched and me not getting drenched, there would be a purpose in that and it would not happen. It would be. I understand that. I'm not saying it could not happen. But as a norm, it normally If the water comes down, we both get wet, unless God has a purpose in it. Okay, just clarify what I'm saying here. So somebody doesn't say that I don't believe in miracles. I do believe in miracles. My point being that I have a grateful heart. So when I get drenched, who cares? Life is life. It happens. 
It rains on the just. It rains on the unjust. I still trust God. He must have had a reason for me to be out in that rainstorm. He had a reason for not working a miracle. He had a reason for me to get cancer. He has a reason for me to stub my toe. He had a reason for, I, I don't really care. Life is life. It happens. Okay, God, if you want to remove this cup from me, you can. If you don't, then there's got to be a reason for it, and I trust you. You are sovereign. Okay, I gave it to you. Now I'm going to move on. And from here on out, I'm going to praise you because I'm going to keep my joy. And if I keep focusing on this, I'm going to lose my joy. And this joy that I have, the situation didn't give it to me. You did. So my focus is on you, God, not on this. Nothing can take my joy from me because God gave it to me. I maybe have a temporary setback, but I'm going to get back there. My health, my strength, my sunshine, my abundance, my sickness, my weakness, my rain, my scarcity, none of it is going to take away my joy. My trust is completely in God, and my gratitude and my thankfulness will never change as long as I keep my trust in God. I am like the apostle, and I truly say, I can do all things through Christ. And that includes giving him thanks in all things and for all things. There's a huge difference. Oh, I give you thanks, God. No, Lord, I give you thanks. With a solidarity, I give you thanks. I know that all things work together for good. This will work together for my good because I do love you. And I am the called according to your purpose. That has not changed, God, and you do not change. So this is for good. There is a purpose in it, and it is for my good. So I'm going on. Grateful people are wonderful people to be around. They express appreciation and thankfulness to their God and to everyone else around them. Life is not about them. Life is not about their situations. Life is about their God and about everybody else. And they are wonderful people to be around. That joy just spills over into relationships. It's so easy to lose that focus, people. It is so easy. Sometimes life on this earth is crummy. Admit it. Let's admit it. Sometimes we get colds. Sometimes our noses are running. Sometimes we feel like life is not good. But our God is always great. And I've told you this before. And you don't maybe like it when I remind you of this. But it is a great hope. You are going to die someday. Hallelujah. It's my only hope of being with him. Save the rapture. 
I want to get out of here. I'm stuck here. That's my hope. So don't call 911. Please. No, don't. This joy that I have, the world did not give it to me. My hope is not in this world. Meanwhile, I just want to see souls saved. My biggest grief is that the pews are not filled. My biggest grief is that we're not outreaching. That's the only thing that is like, oh. But this joy that I have in Him, that's the joy. That's the joy. The temporary setbacks of life are nothing. The things we focus on are nothing. In this world, you will have tribulations. Get your eyes off the world. Give him thanks. The next thing that having an attitude of gratitude that the giving thanks does is it brings me peace. Thankfulness, gratitude is a sure path to peace. So many people suffer from a noticeable lack of peace these days. They're troubled on every side. And they are distressed, both in the church and out of the church. Now, I can understand the folks out there being troubled. I can understand the folks out there, meaning the people without Jesus, not having peace. But I sure can understand born-again Christians not having peace. But we've lost our thankfulness to God. And if we don't glorify God... We're not going to have peace because we're not drawing close to him. The lack of peace can come from everything. You will have, we all will have that moment of roller coaster, if you will. You know, the tilt-a-whirl moment, the whatever you want to call it, the jostle, you know, the you got on the road, <laughs> boom, you know, if you've never been on it, they're not even roads. I think of the Mongolian roads uh, where, you you know, you're on the dirt road and it's like, get me off of here. I want to be back on the streamline, you know, the turbulence. All of our airplanes will hit turbulence, but it's not where you keep your jet. We want smooth sailing. Well, we get back to smooth sailing through finding our thankfulness again. So it can come, you know, through grieving a loss or maybe a loved one, somebody that we really care about isn't living for the Lord anymore, or a relationship fails or an unexpected medical diagnosis, rebellious rebellion with our children, income maybe isn't stretching as far as we need it to for the moment, or the list of possibilities of things that can rob us of our peace. 
can be endless. It can be big, it can be small. What could rob me of my peace, you may think, get a grip, what's the big deal? I mean, really. My hamster could die and I could just lose it. And you would think, really? I don't own a hamster, so don't think that that's what... But you know what I'm saying? Y'all looked at me like, really? You have a hamster? (laughs) No, I don't. But really, I mean, for some people, that would be very traumatic. And I would have the same expression that you just had. But we don't know what will cause someone to be, like, devastated. But... As pastor says, he'll give you three days and then get yourself back up. Jesus was in the grave three days and then he arose. So get it together. Find your peace. Get your thanks back on and let's move on in Christ. We all know what we can and what we should do about those situations. What should we do? Pray. I knew that someone would come through for me. Everyone else is just kind of staring at me and I'm thinking, Come on, help me out here. Yes, we should. We should pray. And I'm so glad that somebody bailed me out because I'd have been. So Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication. But there's another thing. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So, if you have your Bibles with you today, and if you don't, then I want you, when you get home, to get out your big, bold highlighter. And we've got the praying part down. Because even those people that are not Holy Ghost-filled, even those people that only... Even the people that don't even go to church on Easter and Sunday or Christmas have the praying part down. I mean, the World Trade Center gets bombed. What does all of America do? Pray! We've got that part down. Even those that don't know God pray when disaster strikes. Right? But it's the with part that we don't have down. Oh, God, we need you, Lord. It's still raining. Oh, God, we need you. And we do that over and over. We forget the with. We forget the with. Now, I'm not teaching a lesson on prayer. That's a whole nother lesson. I believe in prayer. There's power in prayer. I believe in intercession. I believe in groanings. I believe in speaking in tongues. I believe in it all. I believe in every kind of prayer that there is. But you're not apostolic if you don't make your, what does it say back here? Be careful for nothing. But in everything with prayer and supplication... With thanksgiving. You're not apostolic if you're not making your prayers with thanksgiving. You intercede, you pray however you want to pray, 
And then with thanksgiving, Jesus, I thank you. I know that you heard me. I thank you for hearing me. I know that you heard me. I thank you for giving the answer. I thank you for being my sovereign God. I thank you for sending it. I thank you, God. I stand up from here in full assurance that you have the answer. God, I don't know how you're going to answer it. I don't know how you're going to work this situation. And I don't even really care how you work it out because I know that your ways are so much higher than my ways that I don't even have to give it another thought. I'm not going to give it another thought. In fact, right now, I'm going to go to Hobby Lobby and I'm going to buy that because I know that you've got it fully under control. And then I'm going to come home and I'm going to sew some pillowcases because that's what I enjoy doing, God. And I'm not going to give it another thought. I thank you, Jesus. And then I'm going to go have coffee with my friend and tell her just how good my God is. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, did I tell you, Jesus, how thankful I am that you heard me? Now, I don't know how you pray, but that's how I pray. I pray about it. I tell God what my problem is, tell him what I perceive the situation is. Very rarely do I tell him how I think he should work it out. Because usually he might do it my way. (laughs) And he probably had a better plan. So another scripture says it this way. First Thessalonians. I'm sorry if you don't agree with my theology, but it's God's theology, not mine. With thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Rejoice evermore. You're supposed to be rejoicing evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. In the snowstorms. So every one of you that comes in here this year and is not rejoicing and giving thanks in the snowstorms, you're unbiblical. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh, that doesn't have a thing in the world to do with it. So these verses let us know that we are always to rejoice, always to pray, and always to give thanks. For it is the will of God for us to be doing these three things. To put it very simply, in every situation... Prayer plus thanksgiving equals peace. You wonder why you're still troubled? You wonder why you don't have joy? I've prayed about it. You didn't think about it. Because you're still praying about it, you're still thinking about it, but you didn't think T-H-A-N-K. Thus, you're still T-H-I-N-K-ing about it. Change your I, take I out of it, put A into it, and he's in the middle of it. When we open our eyes wide enough to see God's mercies, even in the midst of our pain and our confusion, that's when we start to thank him for everything. It's not about me. God could care less if I'm comfortable. He wants me saved. God could care less, quite honestly, if I'm happy. He wants me holy because he wants me to live and reign with him forever. 
Now, if I'm holy, I should be happy. But if I'm not holy, I'm not going to be happy unless I'm unsaved. Then I'll think I'm happy, but I'm not holy, so that in the end I'm not going to be happy because I won't be holy and I won't be saved. But anyway, that's that proverbial dog chasing his tail. When we exercise faith and give him thanks, even when we can't see those mercy, he meets the undescribable with the indescribable peace. I don't know what I have need of. He does. I may think that I need healing, when in truth what I need is wholeness. I don't need healing in my body more than I need wholeness in my soul. My illness may be the very thing that's keeping me saved. I don't understand that, but he does. My illness may be the very thing that's keeping someone else saved. It may be the very thing that makes me, gives me an opportunity to witness to someone. It may be, I don't know. I don't know. I don't care. We can try it the other way. We can pray and petition without thanksgiving, but the results will not be the same. There's a book, Breaking Free, and the author, Beth Moore, describes the way most people live by substituting the familiar phrases from Philippians 4 with their polar opposites. Do not be calm about anything, but in everything, by dwelling on it constantly and feeling picked on by God with thoughts like, and this is the thanks I get, prevent, present your aggravations to everyone you know but him. And the acid in your stomach, which transcends all milk products, will cause you an ulcer, and the doctor bills will cause you a heart attack, and you will lose your mind. You pick which one you would like to have. Prayer is vital, but to really experience his peace, we must come to thank him with gratitude. Gratitude, hard gratitude, is costly. The kind that trusts that he is working for our good, even in circumstances that we may not enjoy for the moment. Gratitude that will build a wall upon our troubled, around our troubled hearts and minds and bring his unexplainable, indescribable peace into our lives. We are grateful when we realize that his grace is sufficient. We have a thirst for God's word and our spiritual growth. We have a thirst for righteousness. We have an eagerness to display the fruit of the Spirit. That's how we can measure our gratefulness. We are grateful when we desire to edify others through our words and bring Christ's glory through our words. We are living a triumphant and contented life. Gratefulness, gratitude, and faithfulness go hand in hand. We are to be faithful and we are to be thankful. As born-again Christians, if we are not both, something's very wrong in our lives. We need to do a heart check and see what the something is. We can't be growing in Christ and not be obedient to these two areas not be faithful in all areas to him. Well done, my good and kind of, sort of faithful servant. Well, you are kind of, sort of faithful. Thanks for...
sort of kind of being faithful. Ah, that's good enough. You can kind of sort of come in the door. No, it's all or nothing. Well, you know, you were kind of sort of, you were 80% faithful. That No, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter thou in to the joy of the Lord. One of our church goals is that we are faithful. Somebody asked me to define what is faithfulness. I was blown away. I didn't know how to answer that. I said, what? Well, you know, what percentage? And I'm like, a (laughs) hundred? I mean, I wasn't being sarcastic. I was being sincere. Because... How would you measure that's faithfulness? Because that, for me, is faithfulness. If I can't, then I call the man of God and say, I can't. If, you know, I'm sick, I won't be there. My car broke down, would you come get me? I, I can never remember a time since I've been in the church that my pastor did not know where I was. Never, ever. Literally, my husband was in Saudi Arabia with a Scud missile literally flying over his head. I heard it on the radio. I was on my way to church. And I knew that I should turn the car around and go back to my friend whose husband was also there because she was still at home. This was before cell phones, before all that, these fancy gadgets. But I knew that my pastor would still have also heard the the radio announcement. And I thought, well, I can't not go tell him that I'm okay and he'll be worried about me. So I drove to church and checked in with him and said, I'm fine, we're fine, I'm not having a nervous breakdown, I know that God is with Rufus and I know everything will be fine, but I'm going to go check on Barbara and make sure that she's fine. We're great and I'll call you and let you know that we're doing fine. Have somebody in the church office. He said, thank you so much for coming and checking in with me. I couldn't imagine letting that man of God have to get up there and teach Bible study that night, wondering how was I doing. I mean, short of being on my deathbed in the emergency room, I'd probably still tell the nurse, "Um, here's my church number. Would you please call and let them know that I'm here? And Don't ask them to pray, though, okay? Just tell them I'm here and let me go to glory, okay? Don't, don't pray, though, okay? Just... Let them know that I'm here and I'm dying and let me go, okay? Just, I'm good. But I can't imagine. That's faithfulness. Somebody wasn't going to be here. Knew they weren't going to be here Sunday, so they texted me on Saturday knowing that pastor was gone and said, hey, ice won't be there. Great. I mean, that's faithfulness. I can't imagine. Anyway, foreign concept, I guess, because I'm getting these blank stares. But, okay, so faithfulness and then thankfulness, they go hand in hand. Well done, my good and faithful servant. When we have the joy of the Lord. Okay, I have one more slide to get through real quick so that you can take your break. The key to an attitude of gratitude is quite simple. It's to realize, number one, you have your pen ready? Or maybe it's in your notes. Realize that, number one, ready? Ready? God's in charge. 
You are not. Do you know what you're in charge of in your life? Great, someone got the answer. Nothing. If you think you're in charge of something, Very good answer. You're in charge of your attitude. I'm so glad you listened to number one. You're in charge of your attitude. And your attitude should be one of gratitude and submission. Submission. But other than that, God's in control of everything. The Lord giveth, the Lord taketh. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And your your answer was not wrong. I mean, really, you're in charge of nothing. God's in control of everything. But we are we do control our attitude, our attitude of submission. And, and but He's in control of everything in our lives. You know, we He's in, He's God. And the next thing that we need to realize is that God is sovereign. His ways are so much higher than our ways, and His thoughts are so much better than our thoughts. Wow, why would I ever presume to tell him how he should do things? I mean, really, I check myself often to not tell God how he should answer my prayers. Oh, God, I'm sick. Please heal me. Oh, God, I want. Once in a while, I do ask him to sell a couple of those of my cattle on a thousand hill. I I do that. But that's Bible. You know, he does own them. So I figure it doesn't hurt to send them to the slaughterhouse once in a while but uh, yeah whatever um you didn't laugh y'all need to loosen up a little bit y'all are really uptight today we should have done the holy pokey or something this morning maybe we'll do that next week oh good you and me yeah oh good i got a partner now so When I realize these two simple facts, I can be and I will be content. I can be and I will be at peace. I can and I will have joy. And I can and I will be thankful in everything. My life will be characterized by an attitude of gratitude. I will not worry if my glass is half empty or half full. I'll just be thankful that I have a glass. I mean, when is the last time that you were just thankful that you had a glass? When is the last time that you were just thankful that you had a car to drive instead of complaining that you had to put gas in the tank? When is the last time that you were thankful that you had a house to clean instead of complaining that it was time to clean it? When is the last time that you were thankful that you had children to correct instead of complaining When is the last time that you were just plain thankful? Thank you, Jesus. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. But you know what? Even if he wasn't good, oh, give thanks unto the Lord, because he is God. Happy break time.